Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, August 6th, and we have just one more week left of the PLL regular season. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mics. Uh, right now, Shido is up in Lake Placid, uh, playing at the Lake Placid lacrosse uh, tournament. Um, I, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but uh, I was actually a part of the championship winning team there uh, the last time that the tournament was held. So I'm still technically a champ. Uh, but Jake, you were up at Lake Placid trying to uh, take that reigning trophy away from me. Uh, dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties in your hotel right now. Obviously, you didn't spring for staying at the at the Marriott. So uh, why don't you uh, just talk to us as best as you can? I know um, might come in a little choppy, so we might lose you pretty soon here in in the episode. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm up in Placid. Um... You know, I'm, I'm in the 30 plus division, so there's no threat to your crown. I don't think, I think, I think GMH was playing in the Scholastic. So playing for the Tri-City LCs, a bunch of central New York guys, uh, should be a good time. Um, yeah, my internet's ass. So if I fall off here, uh, you know, I, I'm dead. RIP. What, um, what, what are you playing while you're, do you have a pole? Do you have your short stick? I know that you've been playing a lot of shorty cause you've been playing box recently. So did you just bring a little bit of everything with you? Um, I brought my shorties. Uh, they, they said they were pretty set on defense, but they're going to have me just run midfield and attack and basically just whatever, whatever they need. Uh, apparently a lot of guys play semi pro box. So they're a little beat up after a tournament this weekend. I think one guy plays for the Utica Yeti. Um, so depending on some injuries and stuff, I'm just, I'm here to have a good time, help the boys out. Uh, but no, I, I didn't bring my polls, but I'll, I'll gladly play if they need me to. Uh, very important here. What, so what's in the gear bag for you? Um, big, big, biggest question that I'm looking at here is, did you bring shoulder pads? Um, yeah, I mean, I brought them. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm going to wear them. No, uh, okay. I, I'm not, I'm not wearing the shoulder pads. I'm, I'm wearing my elbows. Uh, gloves. Two, two and then I, I've got my, yeah, one knee brace. Um, and then I've got my XRS, you know, my fresh XRS for, for the East Cobb Hedgehogs. So, um, I'm rocking the XRS and, and that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. I, I might wear a cup, but somebody, somebody, some of these guys out here might hit me in the dick. So that's, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and go that route, but yeah, it should be a good time. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I feel you definitely have to wear a cup if you're going against people that are either washed up or they haven't, they, they're really good and they haven't played in a couple of years, the accuracy is going to be off a little bit. So I'd say cup is a safe call. Uh, very safe call. Got to, got to protect the McNuggets as they say. Yeah. And also like going back to you, just playing pole, I mean, playing midfield attack, just doing it, whatever the team needs. Kids out there can take a lesson team player, do whatever the coach needs. I mean, who's, who's better than that than you? I mean, you just show up and, and you, they say, hey, we need you here. And uh, you got to adapt. It's called, uh, it's called, it's called being, a, being a role player. And I think, I think kids out there can learn from me every day. Uh, and that, and that's, what I, that's what I'm here for. You guys know that. Yeah. If any of you kids are out there listening right now and, and you need a, a nice father figure in your life, um, you know, just, <laughs> just make sure DM Jake um, and, and get your mom to Venmo him. Um, how, many, how many games do you have today? Just one today, and then uh, two tomorrow, one Saturday. 
I don't think they're trying to overwork anybody. Uh, but the, the ones, the one today, I mean, they're all must wins because if you want to do anything on Saturday, you, you got to win. So today and tomorrow, both 12 o'clock, we have to win. Um, so uh, pressure's on, as I say. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's actually, that's not a heavy load. I was a little bit worried that you were going to have like multiple games every day. And then I'd figure that we would lose you for next week's episode because you'd still be too sore. Um, but so it, it does seem no, no, like, it should be good. Yeah. Um, did you bring your stationary bike logging any miles while you're there? I, I, no, I'm not going to log any miles. I am going to go jump in uh mirror Lake, uh, go for a nice swim. Um, I'll probably get a run in tomorrow morning. I hit the gym this morning. So I, I should be, I should be all set, dude. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful up here. They just had the Ironman Lake Placid like last week. Um, so pretty sweet. All right, cool. Well, uh, listen, I, I, I know you've, you've got to get some stretching ahead of you. Like when you're playing in that over 30 division, that's when you know that you're, um, you know, the, the old, the muscles, the ligaments, the, the bones, like they just don't work the way that they used to. So, uh, you know, you got to go stretch those out. So we'll let you get to your game with ample time to get that stretching in, maybe hit up a Theragun or a, a Hypervolt, whatever your, your massage gun of choice is. Um, real quick, any, any uh, closing thoughts that you had on the past weekend in the PLL or, or heading into this uh, final regular season weekend? We still have a bye week this week, so plenty of time to – to talk about that uh that last regular season weekend but anything stand out from you over the past week uh, i mean to keep it short uh you know the best team you know the best player in the world is on the worst team in the pll um the water dogs have shocked everybody and uh i mean i think got i think the, the whips keep getting stronger i think there's some collusion there trading for for nick grill for for justin gutterding that's you know that's just my tooth. Also, hashtag Malloy time. I mean, you know, so, you know, it, it's there's there's what what more could be said, right? We're talking Evan Malloy, correct? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> for, hashtag free. Hashtag free Malloy. Yes, Evan Malloy. That's, I would love to see Malloy get on the roster. And then also Joe Sider come out of retirement and staying one top left on on Evan Malloy, but. Um, no, PLL's fun. Um, it's continued to be fun. Um, little disgruntled with their with their with their app that they dropped. Um, <laughs> would be would be cool if I was seven years old. Um, but I like ran up a quick score like in the airport, and I was like, this is way too easy for. And I'm well. I also would say like, well, I'm 30 years old, and I've been playing video games since I was, you know, eight years old. So maybe it's maybe yeah, I don't you, know what my you expectations do, you do every, you do every podcast in a gaming chair. So I don't think that. Uh, and and a, a phone app being a little too easy for you is is a a, a great to have. Um, all right, well, Jake, go get after it. Go rack up a couple wins. Uh, if anyone's listening to this right now and you're up in Placid for the tournament, uh, what's the team name again? The Tri City. Tri City LC. All right, so if if you run into Tri City LC, uh, you know maybe buy Jake a, a Liquid Death or a or a Bang Energy or uh, you know just those. go. Yeah, just go uh, support the boys. And listen, if if you come back without a championship, um, just know that you'll always be the worst person on this podcast. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Agreed. Go, go get some wins. And uh, thanks for powering through with the shitty hotel internet. No offense to whatever uh, hotel you're staying at in Placid. No problem, dude. Thanks.
All right. Well, Dukes, moving on. We, uh, we had quite an eventful week seven in the PLL. And uh, I just got to start off right off the bat. Hashtag Dukes was right. I, I know. Uh, I, I don't even know how I'm right. This, again, we always say it every week. The league makes no sense. And two of the teams I talked about as like dark horses coming in were the Water Dogs and the Atlas. And the first, first couple of weeks with the Water Dogs, it looked like there was no prayer that they'd be in the hunt. And the Atlas got blew, blown out week one. I was like, all right, I was wrong. But now they're sitting at the top of the leaderboard. It's fucking crazy. See, and I think that that's one of the things, I think that's what makes you so, so great at all this is because, you know, me, I, I like to think of myself as a rational minded, uh, you know, so, someone who, you know, looks at the, the facts in front of them, the facts that are presented, looks at everything that's on the paper and tries to make sense of what I'm seeing. And then that's, that's where all of my, you know, so if, if I see that Lyle Thompson's on a team, I'm saying, okay, that team's going to be at the top of the, at the, at, of the standings at the end of the season. You, on the other hand, some, I, there, there's some, it's the goalie brain of yours for sure. <laughs> the, the, the mixture between a goalie, Garden City, somewhere all, all around there. Um, and, and you're able to just kind of see through the chaos, the long-term picture of the chaos that will be, um, not the chaos LC, but chaos in general. And uh, I mean, you like, th- that's, that's one of these moments on this podcast history that I will look back on and not be able to live down. The fact that I was so adamantly against the fact that you called that the Atlas were going to have a quality season. Um, lo and behold, all it took was getting Paul Rabel off the team. And now we're seeing what he's doing to the cannon. So there's gotta be something going on there. Um, is, is Paul is Rabel curse. I thought, yeah, I didn't say it. I didn't, all I wanted to get that out there. I didn't say it, but you, I might, you, I might have said it. I might yeah, have you said do bring, it. you do bring up an interesting point that he, did the Atlas finish in last place last year? I believe that they were, well, yeah, because then they have the first overall pick. So yep. they must have that. Yeah, no, that, that would be, that would be pretty crazy if the team he was on two, two years in a row got the number one pick. Yeah. Just and, saying. And, and I mean, just two games against his, his former club this season and, you know, both chances for big time revenge games out of mm-hmm. Paul Rabel. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, Cannon's coming up a goal short in both of those games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think, uh, I mean, this Atlas team is so like, like they're, they're just like a bunch of, uh, like I, I, I don't want to call them pricks, but like they are, like they, like they're yeah. just like they're they're bull, like they're a but, like it's kind of like what Jake might experience, like at Placid, where like, <laughs> like you you show up and you're playing in this men's league, and you know you think that like your team, and this is something that maybe you know, dudes, you're a little younger, so you might not be able to relate to this as much, but maybe people that are listening, like you show up, you you play in your men's league, and you're playing in that league for a while, and like if, you know you you're like pretty good. Um, but you know, everyone's getting a little bit older and then all of a sudden these kids that just graduate from college, now they come into the league and they're like eight, nine years younger than everybody. They still have all their legs and they come in and they just fucking smoke the competition. And meanwhile, like you're there, like, like, you're like, shit, like this was like our league. We had a good thing going here. And all of a sudden these young little pricks come out and they're just young, fast, handsome, and they're just hungry hungry and and they're just not and like that's what this atlas team is right now um i mean you look at, at at all these guys who are doing you know obviously you have eric law back there kind of being um 
oh, like pretty much like the father figure for that uh, for that offense. But Castable, Docs, <laughs> Danny Bukes, and then uh, led by MVP Jeff Teat. I mean, what a fucking season! Uh, what a few weeks that these kids have uh, been able to share so- here. The, the youth. Of oh, the and, and I, oh, and I, so I, I didn't even mention Jake Haraway when I was just going down those list of young guys. Um, I mean, loaded. You know, who's also been like, so it just doesn't get, I don't feel like it hasn't been talked about enough online is JD Colarusso stepping in for them. The past couple of weeks, you lose your starting goalie. You put in someone that hasn't played in a PLL game in the first two years. I'm not even sure if he's on an MLL roster last season. And he basically has the same exact stats as can Cannon. Can Cannon has a 50 save for, 50% save percentage. He has 49. So it's just like shout out JD Calgary. So I think he's put together, strung together a good couple games, um, kept them afloat. And I think he probably, he probably has like a goal against average of like 10 or something. So shout out him. Is JD, Cal- is JD Calarusso the best Albany, former Albany goalie in the PLL right now? You have to at least question it. Um, I can't think of anyone else that comes to mind. Um, I, but like that, that is like a huge bump for the Atlas, especially because like, you know, King Cannon had that tough week one. Um, and I was pretty down on them then. And like, typically what I do is like, as soon as I'm like down on somebody, I <laughs> just refuse to like give into that. So like, he could have like an amazing week two and I'd still be down on them because just kind of a little stubborn like that. Um, but, you know, from from that standpoint, like just having a guy like Calaruso who can step in and like think about like, like who, who was in net for the Atlas year one? Um, I think it was still Kincannon. It was still Kincannon. Okay, but Kincannon came Rogers in was, and yeah, and Kincannon took over for Scotty Rogers. Yeah, so like. Because like Scotty Rogers got hurt in camp. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. So like, but like having like a younger JD, I mean, JD Calaruso yeah. is not, you know, he's, he's a what, what was it? I think he was at same I think they're the same age. Fields. No, not as Scotty Rogers. Uh, oh, no, K- that's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Kincannon. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. like, having that, like, again, like, a younger, hungry backup yeah. goalie to step yep. in and just, like, kind of, like, you know, as, as a Philly guy, like, I'll go back to, like, like Nick Foles taking over for Carson Wentz. Obviously, Nick oh, Foles is older. But, like, just having, like, that hungry backup coming in, like, that's that's something that you can ride. So As, like, yeah, as, like, I, a ba- I, Go ahead. I was a back. No, I was a backup in high school. So whenever you like, as a backup goalie, whenever you get the opportunity to go in, it, you, you're totally right. It's that it's like that hunger and backup goalies for some reason. Like if you're a talented backup goalie, you always will play better when you get that opportunity because you don't know if you're going to see one shot, five shots, ten shots. So you're just making sure that you make every save possible. And I know it's like obviously that's like a, the goalie's job, but it just adds a little pressure and. I don't know. I feel like goalies are just psychopaths like that. When the pressure's on, they play better for the most part. And then also like, so like he's coming out and he's like, he he's ready. He's like, okay, I, I don't know like how many more opportunities I'll have to exactly. stop this ball. So I'm going to make a big save here. And then all of a sudden, like when your backup goalie makes a huge save, like think about like, okay, like now the defense is like, like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go. Like we're mm-hmm. going to like bully these guys now. And then as soon as the offense is seeing the defense do that, then they're like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go. So I, I would say um, the word that, that you put out there, a couple minutes ago, like hunger, like I would say that hunger is like the best one that describes this Atlas team. Um, and definitely, definitely makes sense at this point, why they are at the top of the standings right now. And uh, so I guess they'll be playing for that one seed 
not this weekend because it's a, another bye weekend, but yeah. the following weekend against the Water Dogs. So I think, uh, I think. Also, here's uh, lo- looking at the standings right now. So the score differential, they they have just one more goal for. Um, so they're they're one better in the score differential for the water than the Water Dogs. So I guess, I guess if they lose that game, regardless, they would probably end up. As the second, I, I don't. I guess I don't see a way that they can lose and still hang on to that uh, one seed. Yeah, wait. But so it's just it's, that is for the one seed, then, right? Like that's just it's Atlas Water Dogs for the one seed to end the season for them. Uh, well, I guess the other teams all have two. So Archers, Redwoods, Whip Snakes, Chaos. So Whip Snakes, Redwoods, and Archers all have two games left. So if like one of them win yeah. both of those, so I get mm-hmm. yeah. I guess if like Archers win both then obviously they'd be the one yeah. seed because they still have that ridiculous score differential. Um, but, I mean, that would that would make the Archers uh, – yeah, they have they – have, oh, so they'd have to beat Chaos and Whipsnakes. So that's a tall order, uh, especially now that the Whipsnakes have Justin Gutterding at their disposal at, a, at attack. Uh, do we want to um, jump right into that, or do we want to get a little bit – I want I want to just say two more points about the Atlas. One, Doc's Aiken – had a breakout weekend. That that two point goal was a missile. And then on the Barstool Sportsbook, Atlas with the one seed right now, but they have the fifth best odds to win the PLL championship. You can get them at plus six fifty. So I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna win it. We've talked about this. You could be the one seed, and like I don't know if I trust them to win. But it is interesting with the value and everything. So just give it a sneak peek on the Barstool Sportsbook. But yeah, I'd love to jump into Gutty. Yeah, um, I will say. <laughs> I guess does the ones rest rest versus rust. Where do you where do you land on that one? Because you get the well, one we, seed, you get that buy right into the semifinals. But like they haven't really been playing a ton of lacrosse lately, right? Like they had the yeah. All Star break, then a bye week, then this past weekend in Colorado, now a bye week, then they'll play in Albany, and then if you if you get that one seed, then you have another week off coming up after that. We we've talked about it. I feel like. If you so if you're the Atlas and you're the one seed, I don't I can't don't, I don't see the playoff bracket. I, I'm just like visualizing it. But if you're the Atlas, you get the buy, and then all of a sudden you could play the Archers or the Whip Snakes because just the way that the seedings fall. Would you rather play? I don't know if Rambo is going to come back, but at least like Bryce Young, like the defenders, they can get healthy again. Would you want to play a, a healthier Whip Snakes team, or would you rather play? Do you know what I'm saying? It, right. The way the way it could shake out is you could play one of the teams that preseason, or if you look at the the futures that like have the first or second best odds to win the championship. That's just how talented the league is. So I don't know, but even the water dogs could get the one seed. Like, would you say that, would, would you bet on the Atlas or the water dogs to win the PLL championship? Uh, one team I, I, that you could bet on. I mean, probably not be, because but like that, like that's why I feel like they would. Um, if I had to put on on one team, like I'd probably, I don't know. Like I, I think like you need some of that experience in the end. Um, yeah. So I, like I, I think you know a, a team like team like Redwoods, like even though they just lost the Archers, like that's still a team that um, even though they're boring as shit, <laughs> I, like like I think like that, like I don't know, like that's a championship team. But I don't know. Um, and the Redwoods got knocked out by the Whipstakes the past two years. And the Whipstakes we saw are, like, not the same team right now and they're not healthy. So you did make a good point about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if, if Redwoods can kind of get over that whip Terps hump, mm-hmm. then, then I like them. Um, but I think, so, so what did you say the juice was on, on Atlas to win? So it's Archer's plus 250 favorite. And then the Atlas have the fifth best odds at plus 650. And you get Water Dogs plus 600. And then the Redwoods and Whipsticks are right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't at least, at least, at least throw a little, little something. On, I on like the, the Water Dogs. I like the Water yeah. Dogs. Like, yeah, I really do. I think that their defense is pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, big, uh, big, big Dylan Ward weekend for sure. Um, Good take huge, on that. Huge get- Dylan. Huge Dylan Ward weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, so all right. So I guess what we can get into Gutty after this because now we'll talk about the whip snakes a little bit. Um, so Water Dogs whip snakes. First off, first first half of that game, come the fuck on, guys. What was what was the score of that four two? I need more. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I need more, like keep my attention. I, I think it was a four two. Yes. and then and then Water Dogs just. I think Water Dogs went on like a like a seven nothing run to like start the third quarter. So like. Luckily, they kind of realized that they might have been like losing people because, um, you know, because again, that was like, you know, it was a it was like an 11 o'clock game. So it was Sunday morning, um, you know, so maybe, you know, you go out, you go for your early morning jog or whatever you do. You get your coffee, you're all set up for Sunday morning and you're ready to get that day started with a with a fucking great game between the water dogs and the whip snakes. And all of a sudden it's four to two at halftime. You're like, Jesus Christ, like it's time for a Sunday nap. Um, but yeah, luckily the water dogs turned it on there at the end uh, in the second half. And yeah, Dylan Ward was out of his mind in that game. Uh, the thing I love the most about Dylan Ward, he's always on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And people are we, – we do have to look – like I've just seen stats on Twitter that uh, Big Cat was going after the Water Dogs at the beginning of the season about shooting low on Dylan Ward and how it always goes in. And he talks about how the Water Dogs don't shoot. And then now Dylan Ward saves everything low and the Water Dogs can't stop shooting the ball. So you have to think that this – they have the best ownership in the league. And shout out Jake Withers. He kind of destroyed Nardella. He destroyed yeah. Nardella. Jake Withers, 14 for 19 at the stripe. Uh, Dylan Ward, 76 save percentage on the day. So 19 saves against the, uh, the Whip Terps. Uh, and again, like obviously, like, like the Whip Snakes are desperately missing Rambo. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think uh, so somebody, I forget who asked them, but whoever's asked. Uh, Stagnado. Yeah, but someone asked him it might have been been. i think it was keegan no joe joey joey doesn't ask the hard questions no offense joe i know you're listening to this right now he said something that he asked or he was talking he went at someone on twitter i I don't know i forget what i saw yeah it might have been someone else but either way so they asked coach stags um you know when when to expect a, a healthy rambo back in the back in the lineup and and stagnita had said something to the effect of um you know we're hoping to have him back for albany but uh you know he's not like a like a like a magic potion that just comes in and uh, you know fixes all of our problems and like that might be true because like the the whip snakes clearly have a, a few problems right now but on the other hand like no like you have matt rambo on this team and this is not a uh like this uh, a, a four and three through seven weeks for the whip snakes. No, that's not, 
you have Matt Rambo on this team and they're right up there at, you know, that, that five, five and two mark right yep. now, kind of fighting for that, um, you know, fighting for that top spot. So um, this team desperately, desperately misses Rambo. They'll get a decent, uh, decent fill in for Rambo with Justin Gutterding, like obviously very different players. Um, mm-hmm. Gutty, silky smooth shooter. Um, pretty, you know, can be a, a silky dodger when he needs to, but for the most part, just a, a catch and fucking snipe bombs away. Um, Rambo, obviously just bowling ball who just powers through anybody in his path. Um, but yeah, so what, what do you, what do you think about that trade and how that helps this whip snakes team try to figure some things out? So, uh, Nick grill heading to, um, the Chrome and Chrome, tough weekend for them with uh you know a lot of a lot of hype and anticipation with dylan malloy coming out for his pll debut and they dropped two games on the weekend uh so nick Rill heading to the chrome and on the other way back it is justin gutterding leaving all of his duke buddies and heading over to the whip terps yeah I'll, I'll touch on the trade really quick this trade in my mind was such a steal that I feel like the Chrome won because it makes no sense. I just don't mm. understand. And you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you just do Nick Grill for Justin Gutterding straight up? It's not like Nick Grill has been the best defender in the PLL or even the best rookie defender in the PLL. So that's something I just can't really wrap my head around. But yeah, Gutty obviously will add more to the Whips offense at the very least. Maybe he's not going to be Rambo. He won't be an MVP caliber, caliber player, but he will be a better offensive asset than they have right now. Um, I think Gutty, like you said, he's, he's a great shooter. I think that he's having a down year, but he's also without two of his buddies from last season. He doesn't have stats and he doesn't have uh, Wolf. And I feel like Wolf's dodging ability and feeding ability always opened up the lane to pass to Gutty for those step down shots. But if you look at his tape at Duke too, or just even in his first year in the PLL, Gutty can play the picks pretty well. And the whips do a lot of picks. They do the razors. They do it with Brad Smith and Zed at the goal line extended. So I do feel like Gutty could mesh well into this offense. But like you said, they're two way different players. So if they want to make a run, they want to make a run this year and they want to go for the three-peat. And as you, like, it's, impo- it's very hard to win in this league and it's very hard to repeat three times. But if they want to do it, Gutty's going to have to step up and be a way better player than he's played so far this year. Yeah. And, you know, talking about like going off of like the picks and it like Gutty has some of that box experience. Like, uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. he's played a game yet in the NLL, but I know that he's spent some time with the wings. He's spent some time with the, with the riptide. Um, so, you know, he, he's definitely, you know, he, he can play that style of game as well. Um, I mean, just like looking at his stats, like over like the past couple games, like, you know, he put up like five, so he put up five shots against the Atlas and then seven shots against the water dogs. None of them dropped for him, but like, that's not going to be the case. Like he's going to get the same amount of shots, but maybe even better looks and hopefully some better luck with the whip snakes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you like, you look at what the whip snakes did last week, like 11 to six, only six goals in a game um, is like, can't even sugarcoat it. Like, well, sh- sugar. Yeah. Sugar. Sugar showed it. Sugar showed it. Yeah. Um, Can't sugarcoat it. Fucking pathetic. Uh, So, you know, you, you add Justin Gutterding to that lineup. You're not going to end a game with just six goals. Um, You know who has to step up for the whips also? uh, Zedzilla. Zedzilla. 
Yeah, you called it. it, it for Gutty, this is going to open up Zedzilla. It was my point. Oh, yeah. Just looking I, at his stats. Yeah, and, and especially because, you know, again, like Zed draws so much attention. He's a, a big, strong Dodger. Like he's always going to bring that slide to him. And then you – you know, so he's going on the right side. That'll open up the, you know, wherever that two's coming from, open up the backside look to Gutty in the back of the net. All of a sudden, the Whips are the best team in, in the league again. Um, I will be interested to see how this goes once we get a healthy Rambo back. Um, so just kind of seeing, like, how both of them uh, work on that offense. So I guess, like, you would you would run Justin out of the box at that point um, unless you would have him – yeah, you'd you'd have to run him out of the box, and then just have them both work on that left side together because that you know they have yeah. they have experience playing together like with the wings, um, so they're you know they're they're familiar enough for sure. I thought about it because Jay Carlson fits so well with the three when it's it's like the three headed monster. They're the perfect players when you have Rambo, Zed, and Jay Carlson. I was like, how would Gutty fit into there? I don't know if I would necessarily squeeze Gutty into there and force it. But it is, it is interesting to have the lefty coming around strong, uh, strong dodge, then Gutty as the step-down shooter. I like that. If you could somehow get him out of the midfield, because he played a little bit of midfield in high school. I, I don't think he loved it, but he where kind did. Where, where did he go to high school? Just a small little town on Long Island called Garden City. He won the state championship in 2013, back-to-back, 2012, number one seat, high school team in the country. But we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I think that they'll like that is again like on paper it does not make sense how that trade went down for the whip snakes. Um, especially because like they've gotta be getting Rambo back eventually. If it's not Albany, then they'll be ready to go for the playoffs. And if um, it's not this year, it's next year. Yeah, that is true. Um but yeah, I mean I mean and and even like even if he's not like fully healthy, then you have like, if he ever has to come out for like, you know, a couple plays here and there, like then you just slide gutty back down to attack. And it's like, okay, like it's a little bit of a different look, but it's still the best that you could ask for. Um, I will say though, I, I don't know how PLL contracts work. I don't know like what the max is on anything. I don't know like how long all of these guys are, are signed for. Um, but with how the whip snakes have looked while Rambo has been out, like, I don't know how you don't give him the most amount of money as lacrosse can yeah. possibly handle, like, once he's up for another contract. So, I, I don't know how the contracts work. I don't know when they're up to negotiate or anything. But if I'm Matt Rambo and I'm looking at the way that this Whip Snakes team has fallen off of a cliff since he's been out, you bet your sweet ass I'm figuring out. I don't even know if he has an agent, but if he has an agent, it's, hey, buddy, we're, like, getting all the money that this league has to offer <laughs> but yeah so uh but either way i mean whip snakes are gonna have to get this one back on track pretty soon here like obviously they're they're comfortable as far as a playoff spot goes which like isn't really saying much because every team besides one gets in there so like luckily they like were able to build up a nice little uh cushion at the beginning of the season but like you don't want to head into the playoffs like losing four straight um so you know, even with Rambo coming back, but again, uh, Rambo, buddy, come on, like Iffy. get get that fucking money, and then give us ten percent each. Um, all right. So uh, as far as the rest of the weekend went in Colorado, um, any other like standout performers? Uh, yes. Yep. Go ahead. Baptiste, Trevor. Trevor went like I think he lost 
less than 10 faceoffs the entire weekend. Uh, in the can in the Cannons game, he won 76%. I mean, he was probably the performer of the week in my eyes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Trevor has kind of been like I, I would I'm not saying underrated, but he's kind of gotten a little bit forgotten about. Um yep. because there's like so 100%. much so much hype in with with T D. Um, Nardella kind of like kind of took over as like the the best in the bit you know and best in the in the PLL uh, last season. So um, you know, I I, like Trevor kind of came into this this season as not uh, you know not exactly like the same like unstoppable force that we typically equate Trevor Baptiste with being. Uh, But yeah, so he he lost five faceoffs in that first game against the Chrome, and then what just like two or three maybe against the cannons Six. Um, he went 83 percent and 76 percent that's unbelievable and he had 19 ground balls against the chrome i mean that's a stupid stupid performance jesus yeah i think those are both pll records are the 25 face-off wins and the 19 ground balls all right well the king is uh king tuna is back yeah. um so yeah t- uh trevor baptiste very much and again like that's 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 that hunger that we're talking about with this atlas team right like like trevor's probably been watching this whole season being like okay like yeah like obviously face-off guys are all like weird like they all like love each other but it's like okay like i'm like the fucking guy like i'm td's dad and joe nardella was selling shoes while i was fucking setting ncaa nfts yeah uh (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah go get your joe nardella nft um one guy i want to talk about real quick uh trey leclerc um great to see him having a, a nice little breakout performance of his own uh hat trick on the night against the redwoods uh so three big goals from trey leclerc trey Leflair, as he's known as and uh just turns out that the archers win by three so without the trey bombs um uh, who knows how that game shakes out. Um, but yeah, really, really good to see him like a player who was so much fun to watch at Ohio state, just big Canadian who can fucking bring it. Um, and yeah, so, so big game out of him. The archers finally get themselves back on track. They had lost what three in a row before yeah, since he said they were goaded. Yeah. So, so, uh, I, I really don't see a way that the archers lose ever again. <laughs> I like that. Don't, don't ever like back out from a take. I still believe that Notre Dame's going to win by five. Yeah. Oh, they didn't. No, they didn't. But we, I will, I will say this is I've been saying I'm worried about Stephen Kelly. I, again, I think he's great. I don't think he's the top tier. Like we were talking about Nardella. I think Nardella, TD and Baptiste are in a league of their own, but Stephen Kelly going 32% from the X and the archers winning by three. That's a good sign, but you do have to be worried a little bit about that situation because Gittleman saved 63% of his shots. You can't rely on your goalie that much with the, the game on the line. So just going into the playoffs, like, like we said, like you got, you got to win faceoffs. You got to get help from the wings. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely would, uh, would be nice to who – else, who else did the Archers have – at, at, at face off for that. They had Fowler a couple of years ago. Um, 
might want to give that guy a call. Um, real quick, speak, speaking of the archers, uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Brian Holman stepping down as the head coach of the Utah Utes. Um, built quite a program there, uh, getting them from the club level to uh, NCAA D1. Definitely like a destination school for yep. sure, uh, for, for any of the, you know, top end high school lacrosse players who are looking to, um, you know, go play some, some high level D one lacrosse. So, uh, the Holman's kind of built, uh, just a, a real strong pro like right off the bat, like, like there, there have been teams that have made that jump to D one from club. And it's like, I don't know, like it, it, they just like don't have like that, um, like, you know, like there'll be like, you know, kids who they're like, again, I, I don't want to shit on these schools, but like someone's Do like, hey, hey, like, uh, so, so where are you going next year? And they're like, uh, Bellarmine. And you're like, okay, shout out, Dil- shout, shout out Dylan Ward, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Cleveland State. It's like, okay, like that, that's cool. But like, if someone's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to Utah next year, I'd be like, that's fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'd like, obviously location has a bit to do with that. And just, you know, the school being a PAC 12 school has something to do with that. Uh, but as far as like, like it's, it's a school that you know that you're going to go to and they're going to be able to compete like pretty well. Like it's not just going to go play D one just to say that you play D one and then like get your ass kicked for four straight years. Yeah, and they're going to be in the A-Sun next year, which is a brand-new conference. So I don't see any – if you're a recruit, why you at least don't give – a top-tier recruit, why you don't give Utah a look. Um, but you, you do have to wonder who's going to step in. Could you, do you give Petro a call? Do you keep it in-house with Gittleman, Manny, or Holman? Because if you keep it in-house, you could say that there's going to be some beef between these guys and the archers could collapse. Like if, if, Will, uh, if Holman gets the job – and Manny and Gettleman wanted it, Are there, is there going to be beef? Do the bunk bed boys split up? I mean, this is, this is the issue that I'm going to be looking forward to. Uh, to keep One, I, 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 lo- I love the thought of already poaching Petro from Cuse. Yeah, uh, oh my God. No, it's, <laughs> I, I have to see it happen. I have to see it. He would, uh, I feel like he kind of would. I mean, I, I would say you, you kind of just, just, a, just a triple co-head coach situation going there um but then you know but then it's like okay there's too too many too many cooks in the kitchen so um i would imagine that the mantle just gets pushed onto marcus maybe um but i don't know i I think you go you know marcus will and and uh you know gets they they've put just as much time into that program as anybody so i think uh deserves to stay in-house um if you you don't want to cause any controversy between the three. Maybe just give it to Tom Schreiber, right? So keep it in house with the yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like, do you, would you would you even consider uh, like Galloway or something? Someone, because uh, I'm looking for someone that at the end of their career, who I think has established a good program at Jacksonville, and you know that can be on the recruiting circuit every single weekend after he retires. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that would be a lot of uh, responsibility to put on Marcus and, and Will in there. You know, they're still, I, you know, maybe a little bit towards the back end of their career, but like I'd still, you know, they're they're still prime athletes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gettleman's kind of getting up there too, but he's playing True. great lacrosse. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting um, for sure. I think – 
I just think it, it makes the most amount of sense to, to transition like those guys into yeah. the head role, but how you do it, I don't know. Like maybe it's just, uh, you know, they're, they're able to kind of just rotate who has the most responsibility that week. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be uh, interesting, but again, shout out uh, Brian Holman for, for getting that program uh, where they're at today. Uh, any other team? Uh, we haven't really talked about the cannons at all. Do we need to? Um, I, I don't think that we need to. They are playing in a de facto playoff game in week eight. So it'll be um, Cannons taking on the Chrome. Loser leaves town. Uh, so whoever loses that game, their season is kaput. Uh, and I mean, it just seems like a perfect time for the Rabel curse to rear like, ugly, ugly head. Sounds um, like the perfect time for Malloy to put up a 10, 10 point performance. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't even think of that. We talked about it last week, the possibility, but I didn't you know it was, came into fruition. That was a good word by me, fruition. Um excellent word. You brought that out very quick and you pronounced it perfectly. Um that would be quite the storyline. <laughs> uh, and ending Paul Rabel's season. It would suck because like it you know catching some shrapnel along the way would be Lyle Thompson's season being over as well, which would be um, utterly disappointing because you know to have the best player in the world, um, unfortunately, on the worst team. Which again, I just I still don't understand how they're not able to get they wins. I, I I would imagine that winning five faceoffs probably has a little bit to do with it, especially in a one goal game. Um, but yeah, also- I mean. If we're going to Malloy, if Malloy has a 10-point performance or he goes off in this game, I, I would just like to see how many posts the, uh, the PLL puts out for him about like ending, like being like he, he put the team on his back, he ended the season. I, I, that's just something I'm going to keep my eye out for. Um, I, I would venture to guess probably not even like a video highlight. Like I would guess like just like a picture of like him like playing and it's like Dylan Malloy had – six goals and four assists. He stung the corner in his first game, and I was scouring for the video, trying to look for it, and it took me hours to find one single video of it. Like, it should have been all over Twitter. Um, so that, that was just an inter- interesting tidbit that I noticed this weekend. Yeah, well, uh, so that game will be on NBCSN. On, uh, so I guess that's that'll be the Saturday night. Oh my God. Saturday night, 7 PM NBC sports network. Let's fucking go. I cannot wait for that. Um, wow. That just got me going. Need to see it happen. Gotta see it happen. That's the good stuff. Uh, That that's, that's what we podcast for. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's week seven in the books. Um, but before we head out, I, I probably should have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but like, this is again, another thing. It's like you're, you clicked play on the episode and the title will probably have something to do with Jake Marsh being on the episode. So, you know, that the interview's coming, I probably didn't have to say it in the beginning, but we do have Jake Marsh fresh off of his PLL broadcasting debut, uh, you heard him in the booth this past weekend. He got the call uh, that 
again, the, the water dogs just thrashing the whip snakes in that second half and also that uh, Archer's Redwoods game. So uh, our, our, our very good friend Jake from Part of My Take will be uh, joining us to talk about how this past weekend went in the booth, um, talk to us about broadcasting in general. And, uh, you know, also he's, he is a, a co-owner of the water dogs. So we're going to have to kind of kind of getting to there to see uh you know how he was able to take some of that bias out of his broadcasting because i i know he's a a total professional so uh stick with us after the jump and we will be joined by jake marsh and uh yeah after that we'll uh get out of here and we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die we out All right. Right now, we are lucky enough to be joined by a man who's just coming off of his PLL broadcasting debut. He is the sports business reporter on a little podcast called Part of My Take. Maybe you've heard of it. And he's also newly crowned the best in the office for the Stool Streams Table Tennis Tournament, fresh off of a historic victory. We are Joined by Jake Marsh at PMT Sports Biz. Jake, thanks for uh, hopping on with us after uh, what was probably a, a pretty exciting weekend for you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was a very exciting weekend. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. PLL is great, obviously, one more week of the regular season, and there's still a lot up for grabs. So, Yeah, Jake on the cock was a, uh, a, a massive success. Um, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll get right into it. Like, I want to know you know, you've, you've been prepared for this moment, right? You, you go, you know, you go through school, you're able to call, you know, a bunch of college games. I know that you've called Syracuse lacrosse games before, um, Vermont basketball games, uh, you know, so you, you've gone through this. Uh, you also have plenty of experience with, uh, you know, the broadcasting of stool streams and, and you've dealt with um, quite a few heated moments in your, in your tenure there. Um, but you know, just heading into this weekend, like, what was it like for you, um, you know, getting ready to, to call a game on, you know, what was an NBC platform? No, for sure. It was definitely a mix of exciting and nerves. Um, exciting because of course is one of the biggest platforms I've ever broadcasted on and it's NBC affiliated. So everything is super official, not to say anything I've done in the past isn't, but, um, that was very exciting. It was the first professional game I've ever done because, as you mentioned, I did a bunch of college. Um, and the nerves were there because there was a lot of uh, buildup. There was a lot of hype. Big Cat, PFT, Hank, they were very supportive and really blowing it up, <laughs> threatening the AWLs <laughs> if they didn't listen to the game or watch the game. Um, so I knew I had to perform. And then obviously I took it very seriously. And I think all things considered, it was a success. What like goes into your preparation going into the week? Like going into the weekend, how did you prep for this obviously big moment? Yeah, so every time I do a game, whether it's Soul Streams Jenga or professional lacrosse, I build what are what we call charts or boards in the business. And basically, it's just this giant 11 by 14 sheet. It's like a cheat sheet for a test. It's got every single player's height, weight, age, hometown, school, stats, favorite food favorite hobby because you never know what you're going to have to talk about during a game if somebody goes down you have to kill some time oh this guy did this blah 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 um so you basically have that for every single player you have team stats you have coaches quotes um that's a big part of prep is we have conference calls with each coach for an hour 
um, throughout the week so that we can get their thoughts on how the team's doing, uh, what they see in the strategy against their opponent. Um, that makes things much easier when we're able to talk to the coaches. Um, so yeah, it all, it all leads up to that one sheet that you have in front of you. Um, it takes hours and days to complete. And then of course you have the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, like there, there are just so many people who, you know, they're, they're fans of the game, whatever sport they're watching, you know, they're fans of the game and, you know, they think to themselves, like everybody has the broadcasters who like they hate like lacrosse. I, I would say it's, it's probably Quint Kesnick who like everyone hates <laughs> like, and you know, without and, a doubt. Yeah. And, and football, like everybody thinks that, you know, everybody hates their team calling the games. Um, in hockey, like you get like people who just like rip on Pierre Maguire because he like brings in stats of like every single player of like where they played peewee hockey. And it's like, I don't like people think that they could do it, but like you, you talk about like the, the, um, you know, some of the air that you might have to fill. Like I would, I would be very interested in seeing someone just watching the game from their couch, being able to talk for the entirety of that broadcast. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely a lot more that goes into it than people think. Um, and like, even like, just like seeing the charts that you tweeted out um, pretty crazy. I want to know though, like, so you mentioned like a, a mixture of nerves and excitement heading into that broadcast. Um, that's probably like pretty similar to the, what like the actual athlete feels heading into the game. So I want to know like, what is game day like for you? Like, do you have like your, your specific routine that you go through for like pregame? Do you have like your pregame meal? Do you have, um, you know, just what, what is that game day feel for you? Like from wake up to, you know, when, when you get in there? No, for sure. And I definitely had a little trouble sleeping the night before because obviously there was a lot of buildup like two months ago when Paul Rabel announced that I was doing this it seems like a galaxy away. Then you wake up, check your phone. And it says July 31st. You're like, holy crap, like this is actually going to happen. Um, so you have trouble sleeping, but the adrenaline helps you out. Once you're on the air, you don't feel tired at all. I slept like four hours the night before. Um, and then for this situation specifically, you have a weather delay for nearly three oh, yeah. hours, which obviously you don't anticipate. So we're supposed to start at, 5 15 p.m local time in colorado we don't get on the air till like eight o'clock so that's three extra hours of me just literally sitting there like i did all the prep i could i don't want to burn myself out so i'm just sitting there it's like hopefully are you even going to play tonight they might have, they were considering maybe pushing both games to the next day which they did one of them um so i had to sleep on it for one game um but it was fine. Honestly, it was funny. Some of the Archers players came up to the booth to say hello, and we just chatted for a little bit. Uh, Ryan Ambler and Dominique Alexander on Archers came up. That's awesome. And we were just, like, talking barstool for a little bit. So that was cool. Um, Coach Cavanaugh of Archers also came up as well because he's an assistant at Vermont. So we had a bunch of mutual friends up there. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely not anticipated, but we made it work. And yeah, you know, I'm interested before Duke jumps in cool. here. I, I just, I just want to know because you mentioned that you did all your prep work and I know that you did because you take this stuff very seriously. You're a total professional, but I want to know, was there any prep that you could have possibly done to get yourself ready for how handsome Ryan Boyle is? <laughs> <laughs> no, talking about professionals, he is a pro. I mean, 
it's his show. I'm just there to try to tee him up as best as I can. He he knows his stuff with lacrosse. There's some stuff that he says I simply don't really know what he's talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but I act like I do. Um, so yeah, he he's an incredible analyst when it comes to lacrosse and NBC and the PL definitely made the right choice for their for their broadcaster. When I was talking to Jake a couple of weeks ago about the broadcast, I remember saying like Ryan Boyle is one of my, I might be biased because I'm a lacrosse guy, but I compared him to Tony Romo on the broadcast, just the way he's so elegant, smart, and his knowledge of the game. So that was, that was one of my questions I was going to ask about Boyle. <clears throat> but obviously lacrosse has this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, whoa. <clears throat> Do, do you ever do you ever get those on the broadcast? Little little frog yeah. in the throat. What do you do? What do you do if that happens on the broadcast? So we have what's called a cough button. We have a button in front of us. So you hold it, and it kills your mic. You're not on the air. So if I need to take a sip of water, if I need to like cough it up or whatever, something on my throat, you just hold that down, and no one will hear it. I'm gonna get that next time. But yeah, look, we have cross- it at Stool Stream Stadium too. Oh, I actually yeah, because I'm the ref at Stool Stream Stadium for some reason. Right. So yeah, but um. Lacrosse has like some very weird names, and obviously you're a professional. You you check out the names in advance. Was there one name that you saw on the prep sheet that you were like, "How the hell did this mother come up with this name?" Or like, did you have any like, how did you like deal with that? Um, I don't know if there's any that stick out immediately. I'm trying to look back. However, um, Joe Keegan, who runs the stats department at PLL, he was very helpful in uh, coming up with the pronunciation guide for me because that's the number one mistake you can make as a Mm -hmm. broadcaster. And it's like some, it's offensive. You don't want to screw up somebody's name on a national platform. So those are one things I get the pronunciation guide from him. I go over it with Ryan Boyle before the game, just because you don't, you don't want to screw it up and it it would look bad for all parties involved. Um, But in terms of this weekend specifically, a lot of these guys have pretty easy names. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Cannon Chuck uh, is long, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Mikey Schlossler. Schlosser. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. A lot of the first. Uh, Go Gobrek. Yep. Apparently, mm. there was a silent T for Water Dogs. Um. But yeah, there were there weren't too many. It's I got you, dra- Sorry. Go ahead. I got dragged a couple of weeks ago. So this is there's this guy called. Castable, and Costa I pronounced Beale, it right? Costabile, and I and I said Castable, and <laughs> I got dragged across the internet. But it came out the the brother came out and said that I had the correct Italian pronunciation. So as a broadcaster, would you use the homeland pronunciation or the American pronunciation? I would use whatever is provided to me by like the league. Okay, or, or the game notes. That's that's a good tip. I'll use yeah. that one from now on. It's when it's when I'm uh, announcing basketball and you get the European basketball players involved. That's when oh. things get tough. All right, so Joe Keys, I know you're listening to this episode right now, so make sure you, you uh, slide over the pronunciation list over to to us and maybe send a second one over to Dukes. Um, <laughs> all right, so so you were able to call a, a victorious win for the water dogs uh so you know first half of that game maybe a little bit slow but they came out in that second half and they just poured it on uh the two-time reigning champs whip snake so that's got to be big for the brand um but i i just want to know you know you know you're in the broadcast booth it's a it's a national broadcast right so you, you know it's not like you're calling the local game for the water dogs so you have to be up there and you have to be an unbiased 
announcer, right? Like you, you can't be the way that people say that Joe Buck hates their team. Like you can't be in there hating on the whip sync. So how are you able to take some of your water dogs bias as a, as a part owner um, to be able to call that game and not, you know, just pour it on for, for the dogs? Yeah. Well, unfortunately I have zero stake in water dogs. That's just big cat and PFT. Um, but obviously they're the team that I'm, I was most familiar with going into it because they talk about them on the podcast. Um, but I knew going in, like, obviously, as much as PMT and Barstool helped me get to that moment, I wasn't going to make PMT or Barstool references. Like, this was an NBC broadcast, so I had to put all of that aside. Um, obviously, Water Dogs going on a 7 nothing run in the third quarter helps because <laughs> you don't need to fake it as much because they're the ones doing well, so you can get excited. But uh, to start off the game, Jay Carlson had a behind-the-back goal, and I tried to get as excited for that as possible. Um, but no, Water Dogs winning was big because I knew if they lost, I would have to go back to the studio and Big Cat and PFT were probably going to ban me from something. <laughs> well, like the last time you saw the Water Dogs was at Hofstra because you went to the game over the fourth. And I'm pretty sure they were sitting at the bottom of the leaderboard. And then by the time you leave Colorado, they're in second place. So some people are saying on the internet that Jake Marsh has saved the Water Dog season. Listen, if they want me back, for another game, whether it's this season or next season, I am open and willing to get more reps in. I would love that. Look, I think that the PLL could do a lot of service by putting you on the broadcast every single weekend, but at least once a year like this, that, that was an awesome weekend. The hype around this weekend was awesome. Everyone on lacrosse Twitter, everyone in the niche or niche community um, loved it. So we really appreciate you doing that. It was, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not trying to steal Brendan Burke's spotlight. He's an amazing <laughs> broadcaster. Yes. He obviously does the Islanders. And the only reason this uh, logistically worked out is because he was on the Olympics. Um, that's obviously an opportunity you can't turn down. So I, I was fortunate to keep his uh, seat warm. I hope he approved and everyone at NBC in the league. But no, it's his show. I was just uh, keeping things rolling there for the weekend. Yeah, I – I love Brendan Burke. He's got such a great voice for the game. But I think what you proved this past weekend is that if Brendan Burke ever wants to take a nice, a well-deserved week-long vacation at some point in the summer, the PLL now has someone who can seamlessly step in. Um, I just have a couple more for. Do you have uh, Do you have one call that that stood out from the weekend uh, as as one that that you kind of like? Kind of like one where if, if you're a player and you like sting that top left corner, like one that just like felt great coming out, Any, anything that comes to mind? Um, I think all the two-pointers are the ones where you really have to get up for in terms of energy. Water Dogs had that 7-0 run. They had a pair of two-pointers. Um, Sergio Perkovic had a two right when the third quarter started for Archer's Redwoods. They won the faceoff and he scored like 12 seconds in. Um, the behind-the-back goal I mentioned. Also, things that don't get enough love are some big saves. Dylan Ward and uh, Gittleman, they made some big-time mm -hmm. saves, and those get exciting too and fun to call. So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously some I want back because it can never be perfect, and I'm picky about myself. Um, but, no, I, I think getting energetic is definitely a fun part of it. I really liked your Ryland. I watched on uh, the Ryland Reese call when I rewatched yeah. it with uh, like the, the long pole goal. I thought that was a really good call. I like that. Thank you. But um, Jake, you uh, he's the host of 
Stool Bench Mob. It's the College Basketball Podcast for Barstool. Go, go check it out if you're a college basketball fan. I always say I'm a huge college basketball guy, as I'm sure you know. And I always compare that I really like college basketball because of lacrosse. It's a game of runs. No team's really ever out of the game. So I might say that you like calling basketball the best, but if you could rank your top three sports that you could call, and it doesn't have to be in specific order, what would you say they are? Um, in no specific order, I'd say basketball, football, and lacrosse. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it in, uh, in college with Syracuse and ACC Network Extra and student radio stations. Um, but I don't know. The two-point addition is a great call by mm-hmm. the PLL because, like you said, no one's really out of it. If you're down six entering the fourth quarter, in a college game, you're screwed. But if you make two twos in the first six minutes yep. of the fourth quarter, like you're right in it. So I think college should try to adapt to that too. I don't know how realistic that is. But, yeah, let me ask that really quick. Is obviously calling Syracuse for so many years and then seeing this, the new implementation of the PLL rules and how they have to try to make it faster, the shorter quarters, calling the game and everything. Did you like the faster style, the faster pace and everything? 100%. I mean, more points, more shot opportunities equals more fun. I don't think anyone can doubt that. Like, it's natural. A 16 to 15 game is more fun than an 8 to 7 game. That's just yep. how it is. People like seeing the ball go through the net. Thank you for reaffirming my fa- the, the the first half of that Water Dogs Whip Snakes game as a as a four <laughs> two score at halftime. I was I was ready for a nap, but yeah, yeah. Again, luckily, fortunately for everybody and yourself in the booth, the, the dogs turned it on with that seven zero run in the third. Um, all right, so my last question I have for you. So you, you spoke of the adrenaline as you get into the booth, and and you know you're you're ready to go. You've got this game in front of you, but I want to know what gets the juices flowing more a big PLL game or calling Frank the tank playing cornhole? You know, in a big PLL game, you're probably not going to have the players screaming up to the booth that you're a jinx when they don't do well. (laughs) Jake the jinx. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. All jokes aside. um, I mean, I love doing stool streams and I take it as seriously as possible, but the adrenaline leading up to that, those broadcasts over the weekend were amazing. And, I, I mean, it's always what I wanted to do. I want to be a play-by-play broadcaster. So hopefully they have me back one day, whether it's the league or the network. Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. But this, the stool stream stuff definitely has prepped me well. As, as much of a funny, like comedic style it is, it's still a full-scale production. We still have a full production crew. We have graphics. We have replay. We have talk back. Um, we're on camera. So it definitely has prepped me for this moment as weird as that sounds the jenga and the cornhole um plus the the fact that we were in covid there weren't really many opportunities to do other sports Mm -hmm. so i'm thankful for hank and everybody like bringing me in to keep me loose for moments like this and hopefully we get another one soon just like talking this is also like my last question but you have some of these announcers in the office like nick tarani just people that have weird brains and aren't aren't professionals for lack of a better word when they talk to you like that and you expect the unexpected does it prepare you better for the like actual broadcast in a weird way 100 percent. because if i can survive nick saying the most ridiculous thing (laughs) i know that whatever ryan boyle says to me it won't catch me off guard as much as what nick is saying to me because the things that man says to me in the booth I mean, it's hilarious. So, no, it, it, that's another reason how it actually does help a lot. 
I watched one of those. I watched the uh, the bunting competition last night. That <laughs> broadcast was hilarious. Yeah. Just, just as, as mentally tough as they come. Well, Jake, we really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, again, everyone can, uh, you can find Jake on Twitter at PMT sports biz. You can hear him on part of my take. You can check out stool bench mob and uh, hopefully we'll be able to hear him uh, at least a few more times as the years go by on, uh, on these PLL broadcasts. So uh, great work on your debut. It was great to get the chance to listen to you on the calls and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking to you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to the end of the season. I mean, again, if I'm on the call, I'm neutral. But right now, it's go water, dogs, to win it all. Go dogs, baby. All right. Thanks, Jake. Yep, of course. Thank you, guys.